attached to General Eisenhower's headquarters. Kaz was a real baron as well, which he usually only brought up when trying to get a decent table at a restaurant. In French Morocco or Algeria, a baron easily outranked a colonel, at least as far as any decent maitre d' was concerned. Relax. I was relaxed, back at the Hotel St. George in Algiers, I said, knowing I sounded half-crazed. Yesterday I'd been ready for some well-needed leave with my girl in the swankiest joint in Algiers, and now here I was waiting for who knows what at an army airfield six hundred miles away. How can I relax when even General Eisenhower didn't know about these orders? If worrying and pacing would help, I would join you, Kaz said, tossing aside the weak old newspaper he'd been reading. It was the Miami Herald dog-eared and yellowed after its long journey. Anfa Airfield was on the air transport command run from the States, Miami to Puerto Rico, then down to Brazil, over the Atlantic to Dakar and up to Casablanca. The flight office was a good place to pick up discarded newspapers from home and see what the civilian world was up to. I glanced at the front page and saw that coal miners were out on strike, even though the United Mine Workers had made a no-strike pledge when the war began. FDR was threatening to end deferments for any miners who stayed out on strike, but only a few had returned to work. Steel mills had been shut down for two weeks without coal to fuel their furnaces. No coal meant no steel. No steel meant no tanks, bayonets, or destroyers. I should have gone straight to the funnies. They came direct from the war department, I said, dropping into the chair next to Kaz, struggling to keep my voice low. Signed by General Marshall himself, Army Chief of Staff. He's Ike's boss. I am well aware of who General Marshall is, Kaz said. If I had not been, the twenty or so times you have told me since we left Algiers would have sufficed to inform me. Don't you find it strange that our boss's boss is sending us orders direct from Washington, D.C., and that General Eisenhower doesn't have a clue what it's all about? Never mind the fact that we're stuck here waiting for a courier and no one seems to know anything. I failed utterly at keeping my voice low. The corporal ceased his typing and looked up at me, shaking his head wearily. It is strange, Kaz said. But then life is strange, is it not? I never thought I would serve in the British Army, much less work for our general, and with you to keep me company. So what is one more small surprise? Patience, Billy. I don't have time for patience, I said, and rose to get back to my pacing. I thought I heard Kaz stifle a laugh. Or maybe it was the corporal. I didn't care. I'd left Diana Seaton back in Algiers, which was where I wanted to be right now. Diana is an agent with the Special Operations Executive. She's a lady, an authentic British aristocrat. I'm Boston Irish and hardly a fancy-pants kind of guy. We make one damned odd couple. Diana's last assignment had been a rough one, and we had both been looking forward to a week of time to ourselves. Maybe this summons would amount to nothing and I'd be back at the Hotel St. George in time for dinner. Hell, if worrying doesn't help, as Kaz said, why not be an optimist? I tried, but he was much more practiced at nonchalance than I'd ever be. Kaz hasn't had an easy time in this war either, 
but that's a long story. The scar he got last year is healed as well as expected, but it's still the first thing you notice when you see him. A jagged line from eye to cheekbone. It's a constant reminder of all he's lost. Both of the people I'm closest to over here have lost what's most dear in their lives, so I tend to be protective of them. Quite a job in wartime. Two P-38 lightning fighters swept in over the airstrip, distracting me from thoughts of personal losses. They banked low and disappeared beyond the rolling green hills facing the sea. I strained my eyes and thought I saw tiny dots in the distance. The B-24s? Perhaps the fighters had been their escorts. Lieutenant Boyle! A door slammed and a major in rumpled khakis strode into the flight office, a cigarette dangling from his lips. He glanced at the corporal who indicated me. Yes, sir.